Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Our teaching today is coming from Joshua, the fifth chapter, the 11th verse. The Bible says, And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover unleavened cakes and parched corn in the self same day. Verses 12 says, and the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Those of us who know the story partly, or those of us who don't even know the story, I'll give you a little background of the children of Israel, 430 years in bondage in Egypt. Bible tells us God raises a man called Moses. And Moses goes on the instruction of God to deliver the children of Israel because he had heard their prayer and plea. And after that deliverance, Pharaoh, being forced to release the children of Israel. They enter the wilderness, which was a journey into the promised land. Theologians tell you it was supposed to be a 12-day journey from Egypt to the promised land, but it took them 40 years. 40 years. Now, we must also remember, the Bible tells us that when the time had come for the children of Israel to go into the promised land, there was a shorter way through the Philistines' camp. In Exodus 13, 17, it says, It came to pass that when Pharaoh had led the children of God, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Least but adventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. And that's why they say what could have taken them 14 days took them 40 years because God saw that they had fear in their hearts. While they're in the wilderness, they don't have food. They've not plowed. They've not planted. They've not harvested anything. So they complain to Moses, did you take us from Egypt for us to come and die here. We remember the cucumbers. We remember the melons. We remember the leeks. We remember many things. We had food there. And now we are starving. And then God, out of his infinite mercy and grace, sends them food, which was manna. The Bible says, they called it manna, for they knew not what it was. Heavenly food they received but they did not know what it was. That's why they called it manna. 
because they knew not what it was. They fed on manna for years. All through, they never dug, never planted, never plowed, never harvested. Every morning when the dew fell, God sent food for them. They called it the bread from heaven. And there were instructions on how to receive it. They were not to receive it as it was falling. They were to receive it after it touched the ground. And that's why they picked it. And there's a mystery there. I may not be able to explain why they would not harvest it from heaven as it came directly. It had to touch the ground first and they would receive it from the ground. There's a pattern there God was teaching. But someday I'll share about it. Anyway, long and short, through all of those years, 40 years, they enter by Joshua because Moses had messed up his assignment. Now, when they enter by Joshua, this is where we are at, where this portion of scripture finds us, that that very year, they ate the corn of the land and ate unleavened cakes. The moment they entered that land in verses 12, manna ceased. Manna never fell anymore. And from that day, they started to live off the produce of Canaan, their promised land. Let me call it that. Now, there's an instruction there <laughs> when you understand how God works in seasons and times. I've already told us, if I might take us back, that there are three, usually, distinctions with which God has designed the world for all of us to access the things of God. I spoke about graces that God might put upon you distinctively or through other people to you. And then I spoke about seasons and times, understanding the seasons and times. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes to everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heavens. And then third, I said the principles of the spirit. That if a man obeys the laws that govern the spirit realm, they can easily access the things of God. So if it's not by a man and a grace operating on his life to impart into you, then you are able to access through principle or through understanding how the seasons of life work. You go to Ecclesiastes again. He says, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Oh, you think you just got promoted? Yes. But according to the language eternal, you entered another season. You think you just got married? Yeah. But according to the language eternal, you entered a season. Praise the Lord Jesus. To everything there is a season. Everything you'll evolve in is a season. Even when you're regressing in life, it is still a season. Heaven defines that as a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. So it's in this conversation of understanding how the seasons of God work that I'll indulge you in this. Because it was a season of feeding on heavenly bread. 
and that season came to an end. And I believe some Israelites, while they were in Canaan, looked in heaven to see whether manna would fall. And it was not falling anymore. Why? Because they had outlived a certain season and had entered the next phase of season. If a man in that period was suffering from myopia, that man would assume that the providences of God had been frustrated over his life. Maybe he had done something wrong, not to deserve food anymore. Because for some, it was a whole lifetime of never digging or harvesting anything. It came every morning. You get used to eat, it gets a part of you because you just live to exist. But you don't even know what you're eating. I believe that there are many Israelites that entered Canaan and woke up in the morning to eat manna that morning. And manna was no more. It was no more. And therein is the lesson. Because sometimes certain provisions are cut short because you've come to the end of a certain season and you're entering God's best. But if your eyes are blind to what God is doing, especially people who are naturally predisposed to a victimized complex. You know, psychologists have a group of people they call victimized complexes. People who live in the world as though everything is against them. They don't have any rational thought to appreciate that many of the things happening to them are happening to other people as well in the world. And perhaps there's somebody in the same universe going through worse than they are. But because victimization is a complex, psychologically when you enter, if I should give a spiritual connotation to that, a demon of victimization went and sat in them. They become so delusional about what's really happening in life. They think everybody's against them. They think everything is against them. Have you been around people who come and say, Apostle Grace, everything is not working in my life. Everything, I mean, everything is against me. Everything? Yeah. Are you sick? No, but at my job, but you see, they've used the word everything. You have people who have that complex. They're so confused that even where God means good, they cannot see. Because they think, no, this must be already against them. Now imagine somebody with a victimized complex waking up in the morning that day in Canaan and there is no manna falling. Oh my God, what have we done this time? Lord, in those people you seek to destroy and there you choose me, you know. And then they start that story. What did we do? What did we eat? Have you had people, <laughs> when they're speaking... What of yours did we eat? What did we do to deserve this? Yeah, where did you come from? They are so victimized in life that they think everything is against them. Let me tell you, the Bible is very clear. I think it's Proverbs 15, 15. It says, all the days of the afflicted are evil. Your days are not evil because really somebody sent witchcraft on you. Your days are evil because you have a victimized mentality. The moment you start thinking that you're victimized, everybody hates you. You have already set evil in the rest of your days. 
the moment you think that everything is working against you. Apostle, I am rejected by everybody. What do you mean by everybody? Everybody hates me. You don't know what I'm talking about. Wherever I am, they're saying that I did this and I did that and I did this. And it might be true that you're rejected. Some demons don't live by casting them out. Some demons live by being elevated to the next level in God. Who has understood what I just said? There are certain demons that you can't say, you spirit, live. You're wasting time. But there are certain spirits, the moment they see you elevated in God, they find their way. You don't rebuke them, they go. Can I prove it to you? What does the Bible say? The Bible says that a rich man is loved or is befriended by everyone. You just need to be rich. Proverbs 14, 20 says the poor is headed even by his own neighbor. So some of you dealing with rejection are actually dealing with poverty. And we don't need to rebuke rejection of you. We just need to ask God to elevate you to the next level of wealth. Oh! So some demons are not to cast out. You just need to be elevated and they find their way. Because rejection can't go around a rich man. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Maybe you're poor. And every time they see your phone call, you're looking for rent, airtime, and you're a perpetual beggar. You made it a habit, and then you say you have rejection. No, you're not rejected. You're just poor. But tonight, God is going to help you. <laughs> say amen. <laughs> and I have seen that because we know not the ways of God, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Sometimes we miss when God is about to take us into our best that by principle we find that certain things live and certain provisions are cut short. Not because heaven has a problem with you. Not because the devil is trying to destroy you. But because you've come to the end of a certain season and you're entering God's best or next level. But because your vision is afflicted, you attract evil. You worsen your circumstances. What was bad became worse. And what was worse became worse. They say, but God, I listened to the sermon. They say that greater days are coming. How come they're worsening? Because your mentality is already misconstrued around the wrong vision of life. Manna did not cease because God had a problem with the children of Israel. But because they were entering his best. So I said to realize that sometimes or many a times when the promotions of the Spirit are coming, when you're entering God's best, there are certain things that are going to start happening in your life. And I pray by God this evening, the few minutes that I have, I'll give you wisdom to know how to seize those moments and refuse to be victimized while God is working something in your life. Look at Jesus. When he was at the end, you thought this was the end. While they're saying it is the end, this man says, this is the beginning. I'm going to come back in many people. You've killed one this time. I'm going to live in everybody who receives me by faith. Because that's just the way of God. The path of the just shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. 
The longer you will live, the brighter you will shine. It does not mean that certain provisions are not going to be cut short. There is a person right now this evening, listen to me. You are in the company and they told you that, you know what? We can no longer fund you. The end of your contract is this December. But you do not know that you've come to the end of a season and you're just about to enter God's best. Hey, Talabadi. We can no longer sponsor you. And you say, oh God, what spirit of rejection fell on me? My sponsors that were taking me to school eventually stopped communicating. Why? Because God wants to take you to his best. But your eyes are blind on what is happening on the earth. So there are four things I can give you for wisdom. Number one, may God help you understand the difference between temporary or provisional graces from permanent arrangements. Manna was not forever. In whatever season you enter, this I have done for many years. I've always asked God, is this a temporary grace or is it a permanent arrangement? When he tells you it's a temporary grace, you live your life like it's temporary. You respond like it's temporary. You pray like it's temporary. You plan like it's temporary. You dream like it's temporary. And there are things in life God will tell you and say this is permanent. It's an arrangement. It's in line with the mandate and assignment I've placed on your life. With that one, you pray like it's permanent. You believe like it's permanent. You sow like it's permanent. I've seen people sowing seeds for permanent realms in temporary graces. And I've seen people sow seeds of temporary graces in permanent arrangements. Did you understand what I just said? Do you think you're going to work for that company until the day you die? So how long do you have there left? And how have you designed your life and positioned yourself to fulfill all purpose requires in the season you're working for that company. And what are you doing because you know it's a temporary assignment? Some of you work like you're never going to be fired or you're never going to expire. Some of you treat people at your workplaces like you're ever going to be working there. How many of you worked with people who looked like their fathers owned those companies? Eh? <laughs> Now you know. Hmm. Permanent attitudes on temporary arrangements. And then tomorrow, the seasons change. And the one you supervised is supervising you. The one you treated like a dog, now you're looking food from. Because you never carried wisdom to know how to treat people when you're in temporary spaces. Somebody shout hallelujah. Temporary graces might never carry full meaning because they're only for a time. And one of the wisdoms you should pray for in every season you enter with God, know what's temporary, know what's permanent. Even with relationships, there are people I know that could not be with me forever, and that was okay. But there are people I know, the Lord will tell me this one until I take you home. I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't have anger toward who moved on Na 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 na. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I seek God on it. You pray about it. 
I was working for a company called Delight. I sat down with a workmate I was working with called Geoffrey. And I told him, in November, I'm going to leave this company. Six months before, or seven months before, I told him I'm going to leave this company. When by November, I should be working with the bank. How the Lord did it, after I had spoken, I think three months later, somebody called me for an opportunity and I did an interview. And my appointment letter, 2008, 1st November, I was in KCB. And when the time for me to finish there, I told the lady who I was supervising that you're coming next in this office. And by this date, the date I told her, before anything came through, about three or four months again, another bank came looking for me and they hired me. Even that one, that's how it ended. Because I knew my time. I knew my time. That was regardless of whatever was happening elsewhere in the world. I'm a seeker. I live a very, very deliberate life. I'm not ready for <laughs> surprises. Nothing usually surprises me. I always know most of my life because I got this wisdom early. Everything you enter, seek its expiry date or its permanent arrangement and listen from God. You'll arrange yourself so distinctively and your purpose will be evident in wherever God will take you. Somebody shout amen. Number two, as you grow in God, you realize that the liberty of the Spirit will win you from passive blind provisions. I call them blind provisions because they are not interpretable. And they come with no responsibility. And God will require the maturity of you to become an active participant in the interpretable blessing. Because in the things God has given you, let me help you understand this. There is that which you can interpret and there is that which cannot be interpreted. Usually, those which are not interpreted are usually temporal. Permanent arrangements, God usually invests so much to help you interpret because it's a long journey. I'm not saying that the temporary ones cannot be demystified, but they can never have more meaning because they have an expiry date. Are you following me? So the liberties of the Spirit, like I said, will win you off passive Blind provisions. Manna was a blind provision. It was passive. They did nothing to receive food. So as you say, God, I want to walk more in your liberties. I want to walk more in the things of the Spirit. I want to be free. Freedom will require a certain responsibility. And that responsibility will call you to a maturity where God will require you to participate in whatever blessing to interpret while you move from the temporary to the permanent arrangement. When you were in your father's house and food was coming, that was passive. There was nothing you needed to do. There was no responsibility on you. You just needed to be at home at six and supper was there. Sleep in that bed, wake up in the morning and breakfast was available. Isn't it? Because you were a child. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you became 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, if you're still in that house, you look strange. Something is broken. Are you following me? Some of you, they chest you out. Or circumstances chest you out. Manna used to fall since you were two, as long as you can remember. Now the end of that provision has come. It's not rejection, brother. You're entering God's best. 
Are you following what I'm saying? But this, especially the permanent one, requires more responsibility and maturity to be able to handle. Look, in their immaturity, they're eating free. And when they enter God's best canon, man Caesar's. Because God requires maturity that comes with responsibility. That's true liberty. If whatever you define in God by liberty does not push you to some responsibility and the application of your participation in the interpretation of this blessing, then you've not yet grown up yet. Or else somebody out there in the world is interpreting for you. You're living after another man's pattern and a cloud. And if that man is not in the world, you're gone. There are people, they're just one death away from having fees. The sponsor just needs to get poor and their destiny is gone. That is why one of the things God should liberate you from, and I pray, that God's plan for your life should never be interrupted because of a man's failure. If you're that person, they tell you, oh, when so-and-so died, I fell out of school. Yeah, you didn't know God yet. Now you know. Doesn't matter who dies, you'll study. It doesn't matter who fails, you'll marry. It doesn't matter who won't make it, you'll have kids. That's God's best. That you don't stake your destiny on a man's success or failure. But whether somebody fails or not, you are guaranteed of your own success. Why? Because God's vote on your destiny is not based on another man's destiny. That's called maturity. You'd blame everybody for why you're not a success. Oh, this government, all the systems, all the people, all corruption. Oh, it doesn't matter what is in the world. It's true liberty when you live above all of those things. Or that you carry no excuse for things not working because of another man's work. Even when Jesus died, the church moved on. Because it's the way of God. He always preserves a life. Praise the Lord Jesus. To continue his mandate when John the Baptist was killed. Next day, the Bible says Jesus went saying the same thing. Repent ye for the kingdom of God is nigh. He continued the work of John the Baptist. So ministry does not die because people die. The work must go on. When Moses messed up, the work of God over Israel did not cease. He just raised the Joshua and the Caleb and the work continued. You move on. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some of you, you lose things and people and you get stuck there and also wait to die. No! That's being short-sighted. That's you not understanding why God has created you in this world. Praise the Lord. Second prayer, always pray that God, in the liberty of spirit, may I have the wisdom when you win me off from passive provisions that come with no responsibility. That's a prayer. I know, God, that you require maturity in me and that I may be an active participant in interpreting that blessing. Help me. Help me do my part. Help me do my part. It's a work of faith. Don't think that you're just going to sit in unbelief and wait for miracles. No. That's for babies. That's the mindset Israel had. They do nothing but food counts. But here God wants you to be active and a participator because the provisions of permanent arrangement usually come with a certain mandate. They come with a certain assignment. 
They are bigger than us. They are bigger than us. Faith without works is what? Dead. Number three, whenever one enters God's best, he or she must believe to see things whose sources you can't explain. <laughs> Slap yourself and say hallelujah. Listen, when the children of Israel were coming from the wilderness, God promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. Are you following what I'm saying? He did not separate them from the responsibility to cultivate the land. Imagine, coming out of the wilderness, they are provided for. Coming into the promised land, now they need to till the ground. Yet they are in God's best because God has wanted man working. That's why we tell young people, work. God has wanted you working. That's his best. Are you following? But while they're working, there's still a provision here. He's saying, in your work, what separates you from the people of the world? In your work, expect blessings of whose sources you cannot explain. Land, he says, flowing with milk and what? Honey. And when you went there, there were no cows. When you went there, there were no bees. Glory to God. But they had to expect milk and what? Honey, I'm talking about those things that God will start putting in your life. Whose source they cannot explain. I have a girl in the church who became so rich in such a short time. And because I prayed with her into that wealth, I remember how the transactions came. She did some deal with somebody. I knew it. I knew the contract. And somehow she became wealthy in just days. Very wealthy. Then she came to me one day and said, Papa, they called me a prostitute. And I said, uh -huh. now you've entered God's best. <laughs> because they can't explain. Somebody shout amen. The Lord sent me to prophesy over somebody today that you are about to enter graces whose sources you cannot explain. Take it in Jesus' name. Hey, Rako Baladegazu. They won't explain your wealth. They won't explain your sources. They won't explain. They won't. They, they just look at you. And then they'll start guessing. Somebody's entering something where people are going to start guessing you. Maybe he did this. Maybe she did this. Maybe. No, no, but it's not possible because if you do this, this cannot come out in this season. Maybe he went here. No, no, no. But if he did this, like the other person did it, it's not possible that they could have had this. Somebody, I repeat, is entering a place where people will not be able to explain your source. This was God's language speaking a figure of speech of this very statement. And today while I was praying this afternoon, he told me the same. You know the world is going through recession. Poverty is everywhere. Prices of things are going up. People can't afford many things. Monies have been pulled out of systems. Mortgage rates have gone high. Interest, fuel prices have gone high. And this is the season he chose <laughs> you know, in a few weeks or months, some of you will understand what I was speaking today. I just fear that some of you will just be spectators of others. 
Pera goda bazala gota. Some of you are going to be audited by the systems that can only understand cows existing if you say you have milk. By the systems that only can audit against the number of bees to get that honey. Yet you have it and you have no bee. That's God's best. But if manna had not ceased, who has understood? If manna had not ceased, how many people one day were at the end of your job and somehow the company downsized or you were treated badly and it was the end for you or they couldn't promote you and you quit or something and then you came out and God did something that spells everything like if you had not come out you would not entered in can I have a witness come on how many of you were chucked <laughs> you lost appetite you lost sleep you didn't want to talk to anybody you couldn't answer phone calls you cried yourself to sleep and put Vicks Kingo in your nose and then God prepared <laughs> when manna ceased God brought who you understood or who understood you do I have a witness come on somebody help me don't you look back and look stupid already that you are crying. Don't you look back and look funny already that you are loathing in pain that you got worried. Somebody even said I'm going to commit suicide. I can't live without Isaac. Now you're married. Say it again. Say it again. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like that happened. God told me this evening to tell somebody, position yourself, saith the Lord. Some doors are closing for a reason. I don't know who I'm talking to. Some doors are closing for a purpose. You don't have a demon on you. You're not rejected. Nothing against you. It's just the end of one level. And God is maturing you into a deeper liberty. And the grace of things whose sources you're not going to be able to explain. That's the power the Lord told me this evening was available. When you're praying after this service, this is what you're connecting to. They'll ask you, where did you get that money from? How? Why? I was sharing a story with some few people recently. I entered the shop, I wanted to buy some. And I walked out of the shop and somebody walked to the person of the shop and told them, when that man enters this shop, Make sure he never pays. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> the moment he buys, just call me. Anything he ever wants, that man should never pay if he enters this shop. Unexplained sources. I don't even know who does it. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. Some people have covered our fees of international televisions. And some of them, we don't know them. If you ask me, I don't know. All I know is I say, no, you pay this, we'll cover the, somebody will cover, who? I don't know, but somebody will. Unexplainable sources. Somebody shout hallelujah.
most of the time, people who meet me anywhere, say in a hotel or restaurant, many a time, I finish and they say somebody paid who? I don't know. Unexplainable sources. But the milk and honey is flowing. You can test it, you see it. And you don't know how to explain to people. Somebody's entering that thing today. One time there was something I wanted to buy, very expensive, a lot of money. A lot of money. Close to a billion shillings. And then I looked at it, meditated, prayed, da da da, da da da, did everything in my spirit. Somebody called me for tea, sat me down. And they said, God appeared to me and told me to buy you something. They mentioned the exact thing. I told them I've been meditating these specifications. Go and buy quickly. Hurry, hurry. Hurry before I take away the blessing. <laughs> oh, elbow somebody and tell them unexpected sources. <laughs> I can never fail. I can never lose. That's the only life I know. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. I'm saying again, somebody is entering blessings of unexpected and unexplainable sources. Some of you are going to call you thieves. Some of you are going to call you witch doctors. Some of you are going to call you wizards. Some of you are going to call you whores. Some of you are going to call you pangas, forks and knives. <laughs> Pun intended. But whatever they call you, at least you have entered God's best. I cannot tell you how many things have come without me calling them. I cannot tell you how many doors have opened without me knocking. I cannot tell you the things God has done in my life of whose source you can't explain. Even this you see here. They can't explain it. They can't. They're asking how, why. I said somebody is entering this thing tonight. I know when a prophetic is on my life. Somebody shout hallelujah. And lastly, nothing needs to die for your provisions. God says when you enter his best, things only need to be fed. Who has understood it? Let me explain. You don't need to kill a cow to get milk. Neither do you need to kill a bee to get honey. You only need to feed them. Nothing needs to die. All things just need to be fed. That's a man who has understood God's best. I'm giving wisdom here. Only those who are mature understand what I'm saying. When you enter God's best, nothing needs to die. Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. There is no greater sacrifice than that. Am I helping somebody? This, when the Lord showed me, I realized was the secret of walking out of struggle and strife. That in whatever God has ordained for your life, 
There shall be no loss anymore for you to progress and advance. Things will leave. They are only fed. They are only fed. That is why when you understand that mystery, your prayer life works. You don't pray killing. You pray feeding. <laughs> oh, 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 you didn't get it, did you? Did you? Some of us are no longer in the realm of die, fire, die, die. Oh, no, no. We're in the realm of Holy Ghost, I bless you. Because greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. <laughs> the communication of my faith is effectual as I acknowledge every good thing which is in me, which is in Christ. I cannot fail. I prosper. I progress. I'm advantaged. God's best is working in my life. The lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. My heritage is godly. The Lord maintains my Lord. You're just feeding things, not killing them. Because nothing that can kill you is alive. <laughs> no weapon fastened against you shall prosper. Even your prayer life changes. Some people say, you die, die. Some of us are not killing. We say, oh, divine health is in my body. I cannot fail. I have the life of God in me. I am feeding something in there. <laughs> The Bible says building yourself up through your most holy faith. Speaking in tongues, you spend a whole hour rapa godago. How can we be equal? For years saying by fire, by for some of us are Romans or Gatala, Gozando, Gopolo, Toko, Yapaya, Rondego, Sayapo, Shikatala, Rosika Palago. As you pray, you just feel a shout that you didn't call. Hey, Kopala de Gazomandeko, Shilakata. It is fire coming out. It's not theatrics, it's not cinema. Maroka Balagazonda Kopatalako. Because you're feeding something and whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. Some of us have fed ourselves with so much faith that there are things you just look at and I shared this story many years ago in Tanzania. Boys on fire going to preach the gospel somewhere in Bukoba. Then I was with some men of God and who were in this room, three men that started to understand the power of who we are by God. I learned the mystery of feeding certain things and starving others. So I remember a creature in the form of a snake, about this big. So it began in my dreams and I woke up and the vision stayed. I could see this serpent, the way I saw you, a human being. And then it charged sat on one on the guy, went on the other guy as well, started strangling them. They were not breathing. It turned and raised its head toward me like this. So I woke up this way and then wisdom snapped inside my spirit. Have you forgotten who you are? That was a man feeding. Have you forgotten who is inside you? Then I looked at this serpent and I did like, went to my bed and covered myself. Touch me and see. Come on, Yira. <laughs> Tell your neighbor I know who I am. 
Next morning, the two guys I'm with, they woke up like, I couldn't breathe. They did strangle him. Even the meat strangled me. I was looking at two strangled boys and another one in victory. Three Christians, two trying to kill, one who cannot be killed or touched. Same Bible, same tongue, same faith. Let me tell you, you're sitting here every Thursday, you're feeding something. You're not just listening to someone's. You're feeding, there's somebody in there, you're feeding them one day. When you have to roar, you won't need to rebuke. If you're to speak, you say, get out. And it knows he has sent me out. I refuse to be sick. I cannot be sick. Some of you dream when you're dead, you come up and then you say, Rock, blah, 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 blah. I cannot die, I cannot die. Some of us will wake up and say, I leave. He said that I'll go to the grave full of age as a stock of wheat in each season. I feed the man he promised in Psalms 91 and that's it. With long life, he'll satisfy me. Hey, Rakobala, I just fed somebody. Nothing needs to die. So you live a life where as you progress, things are not dying. Their sources can't be explained, but neither they die. They live. That's a man living God's best. But some provisions eventually have to come to an end if you're entering your next phase. And I don't know who I came for, but some of us, COVID didn't come to bury us. Some of us, COVID didn't come to bury our businesses. It didn't come to bury our dreams. No, it could not bury them. Not COVID. Nothing, not Ebola, nothing. And so I want to appeal to your spirit this evening to make a prayer with me in faith that the end of certain things for you is going to be the beginning of God's best. This message was meant to be prophetic. Partly teaching, but mostly prophetic. Right this evening, certain things are connecting you into the next year. The end of certain seasons has come to an end. And certain provisions are going to cease for greater provisions. That's why I thank God for Jesus. He says, that which they gave you was not food from heaven. I am that bread. He that eats of me shall never hunger or thirst. Continuous provision to the end. Who has gotten it? Continuous provision to the end. Unexplainable sources. Yet nothing dies in your harvests. You won't hear, oh, you know, this happened, we prospered, but something died, nothing will die. Nothing will die in your progress, says the Lord. Nothing will shed blood in your progress because Jesus has already paid it all. I came to declare today. Just receive what has been spoken tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus paid it all. Oh, to him I owe. 
Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. Raise your voice and speak to God. Oh, to him my own. Sin had left a crimson stain. He was it white as snow. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace let's sing it turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful And the things of the earth will grow strangely deep in the light. Come on, talk to God. Oh, His glory. Declare it on your mouth. Say, I refuse to be a victim. Won't you turn your eyes upon Jesus? Look for in his wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely thin in the light of his glory and grace. Won't you turn, won't you turn, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Two minutes to go. Tell God you're turning things around for me. Tell him you're turning things around for me. I'm entering a greater season of your best. The end of something signifies the beginning of a greater. Father, I receive this prophetic word today. Yes, Allah, Won't you turn? Won't you turn? Turn your eyes In 
word has come so strongly on our lives. Every man at the sound of my voice, including myself, wherever there's been an end of provision, you have spoken to us that we are entering your best. We receive the liberty of the spirit and the maturity that is going to make us participators in the blessing. That as you're healing, you're healing through us. As you're delivering, you're delivering through us. As you're providing, you're providing through us. As you're redeeming, you're redeeming through us. As you're progressing, you're progressing and, and promoting through us. We have received that, oh God. We understand, oh God, the grace to receive from sources that are unexplained. And our spirits have received it this evening. We've positioned ourselves in that reality. We receive the wisdom tonight to separate temporal graces and permanent arrangements. And above all, Lord, that nothing will die as you provide. That nothing will die again as you progress us. Nothing will die as we go to the next level. All things will leave. Nothing will be killed in the process. In Jesus' name of prayer and believe no sense. Come on, clap your hands to Jesus. Nothing will die. Nothing will die. I will not struggle. I will not strife. Not with man or anything else. I expect things from unexpected sources, unexplainable sources. In Jesus' name, and all saints say. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repeat these words after me from your heart. Say, Father God, I thank you for the message that I've received this evening. I have believed that Jesus died for my sins and he was raised for my glory. Today, I take Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Change me, redeem me, help me. I know that I'll make it to heaven by your grace 
Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.